there and welcome to the first episode of The Crypto Frontier. I'm Jonathan Miller, Managing Director of Kraken Australia, and here on The Crypto Frontier, we will hear from the industry's best and brightest about the latest news in crypto markets and industry from Australia and around the world. Tune in fortnightly to gather the latest insights and data to power your trading, whether you haven't yet bought your first Bitcoin or want to better understand the latest DeFi token, this show will explore the latest in market data trends and go behind the scenes to explore the technology that powers the future of finance. Make sure you tune in to our show, like, subscribe and review us, and we will make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. Okay, let's kick off the show with some news about what's happening this week in crypto. We've got Bitcoin sitting just over 10k USD. It's been hovering there for some time up and down a little, but a little bit less trading activity in September due to the growth in DeFi. CoinGecko released a survey with 1,347 yield farmers from last August and found that 23% had participated in some form of yield farming in the past 60 days. We've got the regulated Brazilian fund manager, Hashdex, making a deal with the NASDAQ to launch the first ever crypto ETF on the Bermuda Stock Exchange, the BSX. The firm's auditor is KPMG, and its primary financial institution is Silvergate Bank, a bank that's been supporting crypto for some time. This is pretty big news. And finally, according to the new guidance from the OCC, federally chartered banks in the US and federal savings associations can now hold reserve funds for stablecoin issuers. This is the perfect intro to my guest, David Kanitsky, who's the CEO of Kraken Financial. David, thanks for joining me. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, we've heard of banks getting into crypto, but now this is crypto getting into banks. David, can you tell us why Kraken has decided to be its own bank? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I'd characterize it uh, within the terms of Kraken's mission and then a couple of objectives we're hoping to achieve here. Uh, Kraken's mission's always been to promote the adoption of digital assets to enable more individual financial freedom across the world. Kraken Financial is a key tool in accomplishing that mission uh, because we are now able to seamlessly integrate the existing financial uh, system with digital assets. En route to that, there are three main objectives as to why Kraken is pursuing this initiative. The first one I would characterize as an improved legal and regulatory position, uh, certainty and coverage. Uh, Basically, uh, this provides us with clear and consolidated regulatory coverage across the U.S., uh, and it's a carefully tailored and, and digital asset dedicated framework. Um, it allows us to uh, conduct certain digital asset safekeeping and custody and merge that with uh, traditional deposit accounts on the U.S. dollar or other national currency side. Um, the second bucket I would characterize as improved infrastructure. Again, this gives us uh, direct access to the federal payment system and banking infrastructure that we can then more seamlessly integrate into our customers' products and experiences. And the last one is it provides us with a new product and distribution platform. The bottom line is we can offer new products and services to customers uh, and serve new segments that we wouldn't otherwise be able to without a banking charter. Uh, So for those reasons, we we chose this particular approach because of some very special characteristics about this regulatory regime. And it was built from the ground up uh, as a digital asset focused uh, framework. That's really exciting. And before we get into the the types of products that you know, in, you envisage for, for Kraken uh, to offer its clients through, through Kraken Financial. Can we just wind back a little? We all thought crypto was the antithesis of banking. You know, is this just another license to print money? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's interesting. It is a bank. 
uh, but it's a very specific type of bank. Um, most notably, uh, and you know, differentiation from traditional banking, uh, this is a fully reserved institution. Uh, we don't conduct fractional reserve banking, uh, rehypothecation, or associated lending activities that gives rise to some of the insolvency risks uh, that traditional banking activities uh, you know, are, are subject to. Uh, so as a result, this is more like a custodial or depository institution than a commercial lending banking organization. Uh, and furthermore, you know, honestly, I would say, if anything, this is banking molding to crypto. Uh, as I said, it's a carefully tailored regime built from the ground up to focus on the needs of a digital asset business and developing a dedicated supervisory framework for it. Uh, so if anything, I think you're just seeing just the opposite of that. Okay, so, you know, from, from that point of view, then with regulation, and I guess Kraken's viewpoint on how, how we can fit into regulation or mold it, what does this announcement with the OCC mean? Is that just old news? Is it new news? Tell me about that. I think it's somewhere in between, actually. Um, you know, my understanding and and most of the legal and regulatory folks that that I you know run within my circles have always understood that banks, uh, whether they're state chartered or nationally chartered, uh, could always uh, custody or handle digital assets, and they could always bank uh, stablecoin issuers. Uh, now that said. Uh, the uh, interpretive guidance released by the OCC is important just for clarity's sake. If you're a large incumbent institution, uh, it's one thing to conduct a legal analysis or get a legal opinion uh, as to someone's perspective that you can conduct these activities. Uh, there's a lot less risk, uh, certainly on the personal executive individual level, uh, if you have a piece of paper in your hand uh, from the OCC, the functional regulator you may be subject to, saying that you can do this. So while it isn't any sort of like new legislation or rulemaking, it is uh, new clarity, I would say. And that does help the larger institutions. So we've got our ticket. Now tell me what we're going to do with it. You know, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, where the product's going to go for Kraken Financial. What kinds of things are we going to be offering our users? Is this going to be, is this just going to be a standard bank or are we going to be doing something different? Yeah, again, a little bit of both. Uh, to start with, <clears throat> Uh, not much will change in the initial phases. Um, this, again, is a new type of regulatory regime we'll be operating under that gives us more clarity, more certainty. Uh, the one thing that you will see uh, is that because of the better infrastructure and the direct connectivity to the federal payment system in the U.S. and, and through correspondence across the world, we would expect as a part of the second phase uh, for customers to be able to start seeing uh, better experiences, faster, more seamless integrations, perhaps more cost effective as well for funding and withdrawal and payments mechanisms. Uh, but in the third phase is where you really start to see things fly, because uh, that's where we'll be introducing a slate uh, of new products and serving new customers that we wouldn't otherwise be able to. So in that first phase, while we would end up uh, conducting a lot of the same activities that Kraken already does, hey, we uh, accept uh, national currencies, whether it's U.S. dollars or Australian dollars or whatever it may be, while we uh, you know, safe keep digital assets and connect them to uh, exchange services, all that will be the case in the first uh, phase. In the second phase, though, we'll expand that. We'll offer new payment mechanisms, uh, card services, whether it's debit cards backed by crypto, uh, crypto custody and qualified custody for institutional clients, 
new types of accounts in the US, such as IRAs or trust accounts and other tax advantage accounts across the world. And I keep saying across the world, in that first phase, we do expect to just serve US customers, but then expand our reach uh, to other jurisdictions internationally. Now, whether that takes place as a result or via us serving customers directly or us providing services to other Kraken affiliates in those regions to pass them through, that's TBD. Uh, but these new products and features will matriculate throughout the world. Uh, we'd expect to then get into new entirely, uh, entirely new business lines, wealth management, investment products, and other asset classes like securities, commodities, foreign exchange. These are things that a bank can do uh, that other types of regulated entities may not be able to do. Or if you did want to do them, you'd have to have three or four or five different types of uh, reg uh, regulated uh, licenses and face uh, the scrutiny and be subject to examination from a bunch of different agencies. So this consolidated uh, framework allows us to uh, do these types of activities in a much more streamlined way. And ultimately, what you'll see is that customers will reap the benefit. It's, it's super exciting. And, you know, I've described this as being almost the keystone to, to Kraken's mission of bridging, you know, to the traditional and the future of finance. Uh, w one question I've got before, before, we, before we let you go is, you know, what is the number one thing that you think uh, is going to benefit the Kraken customer base by, by rolling out Kraken Financial? Yeah, so I think there's a couple, a couple actually. Uh, one, as I said, you'll, you'll start to see better customer experiences. And, and look, uh, digital asset industry as a whole has struggled with banking relationships. Now, Kraken is in a fortunate position of having tremendous third-party banking partners uh, already. But the bottom line is when you're working with a third party, you just can't get that level of flexibility and seamless integrations that you could when you're controlling the whole stack. Um, and so the customer experience and being able to customize that is a major benefit that folks will see straight away. In terms of new products and services, again, the type of banking products and services you can offer uh, that you couldn't otherwise uh, are, are going to be hugely beneficial. Um, one uh, aspect of the crypto industry is, well, what do I do with this crypto? Right, so if I want to trade it and I'm a, an active trader or a quant guy, that's one thing. But if you're just passively holding it, uh, we can start adding on things that could be more interesting in the meantime for those types of customer sets. Things like uh, you know, crypto uh, accounts that generate yield, things like uh, colla uh, crypto collateralized accounts uh, where you can keep your crypto and then uh, be lent uh, the type of national currency of your choosing so you don't have to sell your crypto off. And then the third prong, I would say, is institutional clients. This is a big win for, uh, you know, the, the products and services we can offer to individuals as a result of this is one thing, but the type of formality and this market structure that we can provide to institutions, it will be on another level compared to our competitors. Amazing. I've got, I've got to move on now. You know, this is, this is a, a really exciting discussion and I think really encapsulates where Kraken is going. Uh, it's, you know, we've taken a directional view on, on the future of crypto and, and we believe that that, that you know, involves uh, bridging and, and kind of becoming entwined with the existing regulatory regimes. And, and, and we see this as a super positive thing. In fact, I'm, you know, I'm, I think this is such a big area that I probably need to do a whole show on it and, and talk to some folks in, in, our, in our reg team and, and also some third party guys about, about you know, regulation and crypto. But, you know, while I've got you on the line, you know, from a more personal perspective, David, you know, where do you see crypto going in the next 12 months? We've seen this, you know, massive boom of DeFi uh, recently, which is some people think is just a rebranding of the original intention of crypto. But are there any things that, you know, you think are really standing out to you right now and, and that we look forward to? Yeah, definitely. So I, I bring up two things. 
One is kind of directly related to what we've been talking about. I think this banking uh, kind of regulatory framework is going to be a big shift. I think you're going to see a whole slate of uh, crypto companies um, trying to become banks and following Kraken's lead. I think you're also going to see other regulatory agencies in the U.S. and internationally uh, borrowing liberally from the framework, this SPDI or Special Purpose Depository Institution framework uh, that this new Kraken bank is pursuing. Uh, and so I would expect a whole innovation, a whole kind of wave of new innovation in banking uh, to take place. Now, to start, it'll just be kind of new companies applying for charters, but this is going to open the door to kind of accessing the, the bottom of the financial services stack, which is banking. Uh, to the kind of DeFi and kind of other trends that I'm seeing in the space, um, look, it's a great uh, experimental laboratory, um, you know, to be sure. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff that maybe not won't turn out so well, uh, but the ability to try new things is, is pretty revolutionary. You haven't seen that in the past in financial services. Uh, and I think the, th the thread that ties all this together is this notion of building up a digital property rights system and assets and marketplaces around them. So that, that spans, you know, that touches on what Bitcoin, one of Bitcoin's original intents, uh, creating this kind of bearer instrument or asset that is a money uh, type vehicle uh, that ensures digital property rights. Uh, same thing with NFTs or non-fungible tokens, same thing with DeFi, same thing with DAOs or you know, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations. The thread that I view as tying them all together is the notion that we're building an entirely novel set of digital property rights in real time. It's a super exciting time and I, and I think that's a perfect way to tie off the end of this show. You know, the future is bright and I think the simple fact is this is an innovative space and, and we're kind of proving that every day. So look, I, I just want to thank you, David, for, for, for joining me on the show. Th thanks everyone for listening uh, and, and make sure you subscribe and review us on your podcast platform of choice and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. So until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller and this has been The Crypto Frontier. Thank you.